All right, good morning. You can turn up the house lights. I want to see all you people sitting there all cozy and nice under this air conditioning and comfortable seats. You know you like this environment, right? Yes? No? We can turn the AC off. And uh, before we moved into here, before we moved into here, we were at Valley Springs Middle School for a couple of years. And, um, and they don't really care about teenagers there because the seat in the auditoriums were, the seats in the auditorium were, whoo, we were always like, everyone would always want to get up and like, okay, can we pray now? Can we sing? Can we do anything to get up? Um, but anyways, hope you guys, this week has been fabulous. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little sore. Uh, my family and I, we went to uh, this, we, we went, uh, I, I forgive you, we, 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 trying to clear some stuff up here, um, but we went horseback riding, and um, so we have, there's a, there's a family here in our church that has a few horses, and one of the things that they do is uh, train and uh, train you to be able to ride and go on trails and all this good stuff. And I know you may want me to tell you who they are, but I won't. Um, I won't because you'll have to discover that on your own. Start talking, start asking, take everybody out to coffee or to lunch, and then pop the question. Uh, but it was, it, was a ton, it was a ton of fun. I highly encourage you, if you've, if you've never been, to, to begin to explore to do stuff like that. And it's fun for us, for our family, to kind of get out of our uh, school and um, family environment uh, at the house and do something kind of outdoorsy. I've always loved horses. You know, uh, it's a battle between horses and snow. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe this winter we'll have both. Is that what somebody said? Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> let me sure all this stuff is off. Um, anyways, uh, glad you guys are here. We're in our third week of a hashtag series, having controversial conversations. And, uh, and I got to tell you, I'm very, very pleased with, um, with just how the last couple of messages and talks uh, turned out and you guys participating. It was fantastic. No one has gotten kicked out of the church. I haven't heard anyone vandalizing anyone or doing anything like that. Um, and if they have then we've eliminated them from this group. So you won't even know uh, if they have. Uh, but I'm really pleased. I th uh, it's, um, it brings me joy to, to, um, to see that there is a high level of interest in, in talking about these issues that, um, that may push our buttons or may uh, lead us to, to be unfriended or misunderstood. And I think it's powerful when we can have these conversations uh, within the church and giving some biblical basis for some of these uh, talks. Uh, we still have a ton of topics to go through in this series. Uh, we're, um, we're just kind of, we're playing it by ear more or less, just trying to see how much, how many topics we can fit in uh, uh, during this series. And, um, and so uh, I, I would like to invite you guys, if we, if we can put up the slide for texting Odyssey to 97,000. If you're not signed in, if you're new here, great. I mean, you'll, if you text Odyssey to 97,000, you'll get in the system. And once you're in the system, uh, use this 97,000 to send in questions. Uh, we had a Q&A last week, and I, got, I think I may have missed one or two 
towards the very end, uh, as, we, as we were talking about abortion, um, but we'll, be, we'll basically um, be in that mode for the series. So with any questions you may have or anything that you would like us to address, even if we're done on the topic, like for example, abortion, um, uh, you know, if you have a question, um, we can probably take a few minutes um, in the weeks to come to maybe address some of those. But I just wanna open this up for you guys to text any questions, concerns, challenges, uh, to us, um, and we'll, we'll have this live for, for the, the, the talks as well, but even throughout the week if you think of something. Uh, so feel free, I'd love to just in, encourage you, um, everyone here to, um, you know, to, uh, to send in your questions, but also uh, in crews, and when you're talking with people, just begin to talk about these conversations, and, and we need to learn how to communicate a, a lot of this very sensitive, um, sensitive, um, what's the right word? material, sensitive material. So today, um, we are stepping into another, uh, how can I say this, controversial dialogue, a controversial conversation, but we're actually just going to talk about a portion of it to kind of introduce it, because this next topic that we're going to be unpacking uh, is, is um, we'll probably spend a little time in it because there's so many different elements to this topic. Um, but for today, as an introductory kind of, um, the topic that we're going to talk about today is uh, sexuality. So if there are kids here, uh, and if you're a parent here, it would be a good time for you to, you know, usher them out again. Um, and, uh, and if they're staying here, then I'm sure you probably already talked to them about it, or, they're, or they have some sort of um, understanding of this topic. So I'll just give a few minutes for some of, uh, some of the parents. Uh, and don't, don't judge the parents. They're not leaving because they're offended yet. They're just ushering their kids. So, uh, And as they're doing that, um, if someone does end up walking out during the, this talk or any of the talks in a week, uh, we won't think that you're offended and you're walking off. We're going to assume that you're going to go pray or go use a restroom, or you have to kind of go grab your kids, or something like that. So don't feel the pressure that I really gotta walk out. But if I do, they're gonna judge me. Uh, we're, we're we're not. Uh, so I just wanted to. You guys good? <laughs> so um, hashtag uh, sexuality. And before I get into it, I'm so excited about next week about this AVL worship night. I'm telling you, if you've never been, you really owe it to yourself and to your family and friends to drag everyone here and be a part of this night. It is, uh, it's been a, a spiritual shifting night for our church. Uh, when, every time we do these, God tends to shift something within our church as he's preparing us for what he wants us to accomplish in our city. And I'm telling you, it's one of those things that when you miss it, it's really hard to explain. And even though we pull up, we pull, put some video out, it's really hard to try to capture what happens in real life on video. You know, so I would just highly encourage and invite you guys to just not only show up, but bring your family and friends, um, and it's going to be just a powerful, powerful night. We're, we're having like four different denominations coming together, six different churches as you've seen, and we have some of these cards that, that, um, that you've, you've probably sat on or uh, trashed. 
uh, God forgive you, but grab as many of them as you'd like and just, you know, hand them out um, and just, just invite people to, to come to that. So, um, and on Facebook too, you know, go to the event, um, check in that you're interested or, go and, or are going, specifically going or either way, but then share it and invite your friends on your Facebook. I mean, that's like a great opportunity for you to evangelize, quote unquote, but to kind of reach out to people and you just never know. Maybe the last time you asked them, they kind of like, you know, I don't know, gave you an attitude, but now maybe they're in a place where they're like, please someone invite me, please someone pray for me, please someone talk with me. And so, um, you know, just uh, I encourage you guys to do that. All right, let me pray. Father, I thank you that you love your people. God, I thank you that, that you have destiny and purpose with each of your children, God. And I thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for leading us. And no matter what is said today, Father, I pray that we all leave, not as much as what I say, God, but what you have to say to us. God, you know what we need to hear, and we just invite you to speak to us freely. We welcome you. Jesus' name. We have been pre—what uh, uh, is the word? Uh, prefacing, pre- prefacing. Thank you. Uh, English is my 14th language, so <laughs> lying is seventh. Um, anyways, um, we have been prefacing a lot of these talks with just saying that um, our heart for talking about these is not to just give us give us truth and facts from a biblical perspective, but it's also to extend love and understanding and, and, and be able to open up ourselves to walk with people who are struggling with anything, um, any issue or sin or, or, um, or just struggles. Uh, so I just hope that you hear our heart uh, with, with all these topics, that we're not here to condemn, we're not here to point a finger, but we will tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth from what I believe scripture um, uh, has, says. And if you disagree, you're more than welcome to engage me on, uh, during the week with that. But our, my, my responsibility is to speak the truth and speak it in love always. Um, and we, if we eliminate love and only speak truth, then that's really sad. And if all we do is love and don't speak the truth, then that is also sad. So we're just going to bring the two. So no matter where you are on these issues, um, the challenge is that to kind of like find the center line where Jesus is and join Jesus' team and not try to make this into a political debate or, or a political affiliation type of a, a, you know, a conversation. So we, in the... In the Weeks to come, we will be talking about probably one of the most, if not the most, sensitive, um, highly debated topics and have this really, you know, controversial conversation on homosexuality, gender, same-sex marriage. We're going to talk about the LGBTQ+, the, the communities, the gay Christian concept. Um, we're going to talk about pro, uh, we're going to talk about is it, you know, choice, born this way what science says, what the Bible says, how people respond, how it's politicized, all these things. So in the next few weeks to come, I just would love for you guys to, to kind of prepare. We're not going to advertise exactly what we're going to unpack, but we're just going to slowly unpack some of this stuff. Also, aside from the sexuality um, uh, conversation, we're gonna, we, we really want to talk, talk about mental um, health as well um, and just some other topics. So we're, 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 we're just getting started with this series. But for today... For today, um, before we get into a lot of these um, deep, deep conversations and begin to unpack, 
um, I, I want to kind of establish maybe a basis for sexuality in general. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that we have two storylines in, in our culture and in our world. We have two storylines, and we need, to, uh, we need to decipher which story we are aligning ourselves with. We have the cultural, the world storyline about all these topics, and then we have um, the Jesus storyline, the biblical storyline, the creator God's uh, storyline. And sometimes, you know, they will connect. A lot of times they don't connect. Um, but one thing does remain is that we, each and every one of us, align ourselves with one of the storylines. And so what I want to do today is kind of um, maybe talk, talk about this, but also challenge us to identify, um, you know, where we align our lives, our lives with um, and, and with which storyline. Um, and I want to start off with reading Matthew uh, chapter uh, 19. Verses 1 through 6, this is a conversation that Jesus had, and I know it's specific to this one topic, but I, I just want to kind of pull something else out of this to, to get, us starting, get us started talking about um, the storyline. So when Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee um, and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Thank you. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. Now, this is very significant because they approached him to test him and they asked. So they're testing him. Their, their way of trying to nail Jesus down to one thing or another came in a form of a question. And I, and I want to point out that in this cultural um, hot topic debate that we're talking about, a lot of times this is the approach that is even used today. So what do you think about abortion? So what do you think about homosexuality? So what do you think about same-sex marriage? So why do you, what, what do you think about uh, you know, mental illness? What do you think about smoking? What do you think about this? And most of the time, these questions are not coming from a place of, I want to learn. I want to know your opinion. A lot of times, these questions are looking for a specific response so that you can be isolated and bullied. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so a lot of times we give in because maybe you want to truly respond to a question, but then you're never really given the, given the opportunity to actually respond. And this also, this works both ways. Because uh, a lot of times we're like, so what do you think? And as soon as someone says their version or their opinion, we are already thinking of a response because truly we're not really curious about understanding why they, are, why they concluded to what they concluded. And we're already forming our rebuttal. Who's ever done that before? So I just want to kind of point out that we need to, you know, identify some of the stuff and figure out, are we going to feed pearls to swine? And if you're offended by that, it's in the Bible. So, um, but part of it is, is, is kind of carrying on a conversation that's really not going to go nowhere. So um, this happened in Jesus' time. And so, and the Pharisees were notorious for trying to corner Jesus because Jesus started to talk about a kingdom of God that they were not a part of. And that's when you get defensive and you try to really isolate and bully people. So in essence, Pharisees were trying to bully Jesus into the corner. And they were doing it publicly so that 
the audience can be on their side because that's how bullying work. it's not, works. It's not just one person, but it's trying to get a group of people to come down on someone else as well. So they're saying, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Uh, Haven't you read, he replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, in this conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisees, they are religious people. And I love how he, um, how he kind of like started to answer. He's basically saying, haven't you read? And to the Pharisees, the answer is like, well, yeah, duh. Have you heard this thing? Well, aren't you a Christian? Do you see how that, that pre, like kind of hostility, like, whoa, it's like you're questioning me. And so Jesus is kind of turning this thing back on them and basically saying, haven't you read? And what I love about this particular conversation, um, just, just for today, just to spend the concept that this is talking about um, divorce as a specifically answering the Pharisees. What Jesus is doing, he's not just answering a, a, Pharise, uh, um, a, a, a question about divorce, which he is, but he is doing something a lot more profound by pulling the topic and the conversation out of its current context and bringing it back to the beginning because he realized that this question is coming from another storyline that does not line up with the scriptures that they even have read. Do you see that? And so the challenge for us is to not come and just address all this stuff and play into the current storyline, but really pull back and be like, Jesus, give me wisdom. What is God saying about this particular topic or issue? Because my heart is that no matter where you line up, you just be convicted that, that, that you're on Jesus' side. And don't try to pull Jesus on your side. Jesus does not do sides. It's either you're following him or you're not. And so even in these topics, um, we need to line up ourselves with Jesus. And I love because he, he introduces this storyline and brings it all the way back to creation and to God's intent. And I think with the topic of sexuality and a lot of things, marriage and relationships, we have to pull out and and pull back and say, okay, what storyline have I been following? Um, and I'm not going to get into this, uh, this, this, this divorce conversation, but there's a reason why the Pharisees were talking about divorce. Because in reality, divorce was fantastic for the men. It worked great because men could divorce their wives for any reason. So they had an agenda built into the question right away and jesus knows that and i i I'm, can't get into that today but we will because that's that that's part of our sexuality and relationship concept um but jesus as he pulls them back and even as he teaches a lot of different things during his ministry he does it in story format a farmer went out to sow a man who was walking down the street you know 
And he begins to tell stories, and his stories were not like, oh, Jesus, you're so precious. That's amazing. Wow, you're such a great storyteller. But he had purpose behind storytelling because what he did is he told stories that subverted the dominating stories of his day and our day. So what he would do, he would always uproot the current ideologies and the, cor- the current story, pull back and offer a kingdom perspective on the topic, on the issue. Does that make sense? So, our, um, so, um, so let's keep going. Um, two storylines. The world teaches us about, about sexuality and humanity, a few things. I'm going to read some things and, and we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Um, the first thing that we come to find out in the, in, in the two storylines about human beings, right? As human beings, we are taught in reality that we are animals. In this world, we are taught that we are animals, that we are evolving, and the, the, that we came from apes. And I, without going into you know, the age of the earth and evolution, but in reality, this is, if you talk to any you know, scientist or a teacher in school, it's this idea that, yes, if you cut away from all the, the terminologies and language, it's like we are descendants of animals. And someone once said, well, then why do you blame kids for acting like animals if that's where we all came from? Then, you know, that's kind of like uh, works in your favor. Uh, so, so that's a storyline that, that we're feeding from when we were small, that we we're just evolving, you know. Um, then on the sense of human nature, we teach that it is what it is. This is just our human nature, and there's no sense of responsibility. Um, and that's kind of the striving storyline. Um, same thing with, uh, with male and female sex. We teach that it's just kind of like the plumbing work. This is like the technical aspect of, um, of, of a relationship. Um, because we've taken sex out of its true context now. Um, and so we've created our own storyline of what that is. A gender, you know, gender, the storyline goes is gender is a social construct. And we're going to talk about th- like this kind of stuff in the weeks to come because there, it, you really d- go dive deep. Um, Sex in general, male and female sex is kind of like the technical aspect of reproduction. Sex is like just biological release, or it's kind of some, how someone said, it's play for grown-ups. You know, it's like this is just how we, we do grown-ups. So, you know, don't, you, you keep away from my sexual life, and let me do me, and, and, and you, know, you know, we don't think about it, but a lot of the things that we kind of receive and believe, you know, maybe we've, we're pulling it from another storyline that's, that's really not aligned with, with um, what Jesus is saying. Love. Love, the storyline goes, is love is a feeling, right? It's a feeling of happiness, bliss. You get to maybe be with another person. Um, and, it, you know, sexual desires are met. And so um, this is why people fall in love and fall out of love. And this is why marriage is in the state that it's in right now. Because it's just a matter of how I feel. Um, it, it's my preference. It's my decision. And, um, and, and so a lot of us uh, have fallen into the storyline where we just fall out of love. Um, and this talks about divorce and the ramifications of divorce and goes back to the question that Jesus was asked. Marriage as well. Marriage is considered to be a social construct. Who you marry, when you marry, why you marry, it's all a matter of social experiment. Um, and a lot of people even are, are pushing that marriage is just an oppression of women forcing them to be with one man and bearing children. How could you oppress women like this? 
Is this, is, do you hear any of this in our day-to-day life? Anybody? So, so this, this is the storyline that, that we're continually feeding ourselves, and we're trying to, maybe, maybe you align yourself with some of the stuff, and maybe you're like opposed to some of the stuff, but if we can understand that whenever you're hearing a storyline like this, you have to kind of pause and be like, what is the storyline here? Whose perspective is this? And if all the things that I just talked about, if, if that is the storyline, then, then, then whatever's happening, the conversations that are happening, you, you come to different conclusions. You come to different conclusions. And, um, and a lot of times when we talk about some of these things, we think like, you are so wrong, and how, you, how can you be so wrong about this topic? But the reality is, is that no one knows that they are wrong and continues to build their case. Like, who does that here? Like, I know I'm wrong, but I'm just going to defend myself. Some, some people, one person. <laughs> it's all right. Your wife set up a marriage um, consultation <laughs> and <laughs> therapy. That's right. We'll get to the bottom of it. But, but I think that when you have this understanding that there is a, a storyline, and in that storyline, the thought process and the conclusions make sense. That is a hard thing for us to acknowledge sometimes. Because we have this one-sided view that it doesn't make sense to me, so I know it doesn't make sense to you. And the truth is, no, it makes complete sense. Just like your and my ideologies and thinking and conclusions will make sense to us. But once we back away, and specifically on this topic of sexuality, back away and say, where is all this stuff coming from? Um, our world, let me, let me read this, our world... It's, it's insane. Um, there's this guy who wrote an essay on our... Uh, he, he, he did an essay on social... Uh, he's a social commentary person. But what, what they basically said is that no other generation has seen so much change than we have from 1960s to now. So much is up for grabs right now. It's insane. Like, internet wasn't here. Phones, iPhones, smartphones weren't here. Our transportation was completely different. How we communicate, email, global, global mapping, you know, um, artificial intelligence, you know. There's so many things that like we are experiencing that we, since the 1960s that in this compressed time, there's so much that, has, that is happening that no other generation before this ever, ever experienced so much change all at once. That plays a lot into the storyline as well. So um, let me kind of keep going here. Um, I'm going to read some scripture here in a second, but I want to kind of come back to tell you guys another storyline, something that Jesus um, tapped into when he was talking about. In the beginning, he says, haven't you read that from the beginning... The question that you're asking, it was not how it is right now. He says, from the beginning, the one who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And I love this language because whenever you say the word made, it, all, it associates itself with purpose. And I think this storyline completely is opposite of saying that you've just evolved from the animal. 
what would be a right way to say is that you actually came from the heart of God. And because you were in his heart, he then made you and me. The language is so different because when something is made, it, it screams purpose. It screams future. It, it screams that, that it's not just a fluke. It's not just an accident. And not only that, the Bible says in Genesis that we are not just made just to be made, but we are made in the image of God. That means that we are representatives of our creator. I think that it's very important for us to kind of receive that we are representatives of our creator. And this is the storyline. God made you. He made you in his image. What separates us from the animals? Because we are not animals. We may be similar to animals, but what separates us from animals is not just our IQ, but our spirit, our will. All these things that are immaterial, it differentiates us from, our, from the animals that we are taught that where, we, where we have come from. Um, and, and, what, and what happens is, is because there's some similarities, so the storyline stops at evolution and at creation. And what Jesus is trying to do is saying, hey, pull back a little further past creation and into the creator, and then you'll see the full story. But if you don't go straight to the creator, all you see is his creation. It makes sense that this is where we come from because there are similarities. The question is, why are we similar? Is it because we came from them or is it because we came from the same mind who created us, created them? Changes that storyline completely. Our wills differentiate us from animals. Our desires, our emotional energy, all these things that we cannot put in a bottle and say, here's your emotional energy. Don't drink anger. Drink love. Like, wouldn't that be so, you know, simple? Dude, this, this impatience water is empty. You're impatient, aren't you? Here, drink some patience. No, it's something that's internal that we cannot come just, you know, it's beyond our understanding. Even in this age, people and scientists, they don't understand this concept of free will and, and thoughts. And they're evaluating and talking about this. But the truth of the matter is that we're all different. We're all unique. And so this brings us to this like dynamic conclusion. And our starting point is that we are creation. We are not coincidence. We are creation. We are not coincidence. So our sexuality was God's creation, not just a coincidence. And because it was a something that God created, there's purpose. Because that's not what the Bible teaches. Oh, sexuality and sex and intimacy. Ew. Leave that for the world. No. Satan does not create anything new. He distorts God's creation. Man, um, let me read this. Um, Romans chapter 14. And do, do you see how just trying to just unpack this, like we're already done for today. <laughs> this is a very, very deep topic. And, and, um, and so I just want to conclude with some scripture um, and just kind of like re, reorient, reorient, um, reorient, somebody, come on, American people. <laughs> Thank you. Our mindset 
to begin to think, uh, think through a different lens on this topic specifically and even all topics. But Romans 14, 17 says this. And, um, well, you know what? I'm going to skip that because I didn't have time. Let's go to Mark. Uh, no, let me skip that too. Let's go to Romans. We'll cover all this stuff in the weeks to come. So um, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And this is the Passion Translation. Uh, it reads this. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Basically, don't get sucked into the storyline and try to talk about it in the storyline aspect. Pull way, way back to the beginning. Start with God. This will empower you. Not make you say, oh, let them do whatever. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come riding on a horse. Hmm. Um, This will empower you to discern, watch this, God's will. Not your will. Not your parents' will. Not the preacher's will. God's will. As you live beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his sight. God has great things for us, and this world tends to corrupt, manipulate, distort all these good things that God has created. Jesus said that the kingdom of God, not Jesus, but Paul wrote that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not depression. It's not barely making it through. No, God wants his people to shine, to be confident, to be joyful, to understand, to discern, to be the, the stability that this world is seeking and longing for. Not to just waver left and right and say, well, well, I love you, so I'm not going to speak truth to you. No, no, we love, we speak truth, but for us to do that, we have to understand, pull back and say, God, what is your story? as the whole world but also more specifically God like imagine imagine if you're talking to a person instead of just trying to talk to them and try to convince them you say God what is your story for this person because when you begin to talk to the person that's made in God's image whether or not they are a child of God right now because there are people who are not saved they're not God's children but they are still God's creation But then there are also God's children who are still confused and trying to walk things out. But if you begin to back up and say, God, what is the story that you have for this individual person? I think you'd be surprised how God's compassion will rise within you. Because God only has great things in store for his people. Not easy things, not things that that you're just going to kind of fly like an eagle and nothing will touch you. 
No, he has great things in store for his people. Um, Luke 22, verse 42 says this. Then I want to wrap up with this one final thing as the band comes up. Father, Jesus is praying, and this is, this is how like, Jesus' life was built, established around this, just trying to figure out God's will, live out God's will, and then he, he basically showed us, if you want to live, if you want to discern these topics, know your sexuality, know some of these things, be able to, to discern, you have to tap into not your will, but God's will, and here's what Jesus prayed. As an example, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me, nevertheless, Jesus was in this place where he's about to die. He's feeling the pressure of all, the, of all his surroundings, the sin, the destruction, the physical things that, that, that he's getting ready to go through. And he's basically saying, God, I have a will, you know, and I'm asking you to take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. What if we posture ourselves in that language say god not my will be done not my conversations be one but let your conversations be one let your will be done not just in my life but in those that i'm having conversations with wow what what if we live this way submitting ourselves to god's will i just want to kind of end with with this um with this thing this is pretty this is pretty interesting and then read, uh, do we already read Romans? There is this, um, there's this person, um, he's, he's a Catholic um, scholar of types, and he's a defined belief in this really interesting format. He basically says there are three types of beliefs that we all have. The first one is our public belief system, and that is basically what you say. And a lot of times, this is what the conversation is, is all about, what you say. And so um, uh, this is where Christians fall into this trap because what happens is that you say all these things that you believe and you have this conversation, and that is your public belief system. So people know your belief system based on what you've articulated with your mouth, right? So it's like public knowledge. He says that's, that's one belief system. He says then there's another belief system. That is a private belief system, and that is a belief system of what you really think, what you really struggle with, what you really think, some of, the, some of the things that you may never communicate to people, but what you really think. You have this private belief system. And then he says, then there's another set of belief, and this is your core belief system. And he says the core belief system is, is actually what, not what you think based on what you've learned, but it's what you actually believe. And this belief actually comes out from the time when there's the greatest pressure in your life when everything goes to hell in your life. And so you may have said one thing and thought another thing, but now the core of what you truly believe comes out in time of suffering. And this is where a lot of people really, you know, hammer down what they truly believe because sometimes people will tell you that they don't believe this, they don't believe that, and they'll have their public thing, they'll have their thinking, but then when it truly comes down to the, the world is crumbling, they really tap into their core belief system. And all of a sudden, they're believing things, they're believing in God and the power of God in a way that they never thought they did. 
Have you ever been there? We're like, I don't really believe this stuff, but then when a tragedy or something hits you in your life, you're like, I'm reaching out. And a lot of our conversations, they are very like public conversations. And then when you begin to build relationships with people and begin to get to know them, then you find out what they are really thinking about. You can have conversations about any topic because now they're sharing with you their intelligence, what they're thinking about all these different topics, and now you're, you've, you've, you've went into a deeper place with, with them in their relationship. But then whenever you're walking with them and something happens in their life, tragically, then you can walk with them and then you can see what they truly believe at their core. And so I think with all these topics, we cast this, just this overarching you know, net on everything based on what people say about their sexuality. And we decide whether we're going to hang out with them or whether they're lost even and completely condemned. Like, you, you know, you will go to hell, that kind of language, based on what they said or, or, or a quote that, they, that, they, you know, that you've seen or read. And so we, we, we base all of our association and responses on this surface level. So I would challenge each and every one of us as we talk about the, these, this really, really sensitive topic on sexuality, homosexuality, and gender and identity and all these things, just to keep in mind that this cipher, let's pull all this stuff back from this storyline back to the beginning, and then let's talk to the person, who they are, figure out what they're struggling with, figure out where they are to better understand them, to walk with them, to love them. Be graceful and gracious with people, because we all have problems here. And some of our problems are more evident and more visual, you know, visual than others. You know, and so I think as a church and, and um, as Jesus, you, know, you, you can see Jesus' compassion. You know, no, one, no one can say that Jesus was you know, you know, just careless. Je, you know, Jesus didn't care. Jesus was a hater. Jesus was judgmental. No one can say that. Why? Because Jesus showed compassion. But also, no one can say that Jesus never spoke the truth. Because he did speak the truth and he spoke into the current, um, even hot topics back even in his day as well. So, so I just want to kind of like conclude, as we talk about this topic, what we're going to do is we're going to touch on some of the stuff that is in the public conversation, the things that we see on media, in media and the things that we see debates on and fights over. And we'll address some of this, but what our goal is to pull everything back and begin to look at this topic strictly through the biblical lens. All right? You guys going to be back for that? Um, I hope so, because I think that there are all these verses that people bring out in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the Old Testament, Sodom and Gomorrah, all the stuff, we're actually going to bring all of that in and talk about all these uh, verses that people bring up to talk about this topic. So I, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited we're having this conversation, um, but I'm also, you know, kind of just, just wanting God to really move in our lives about this, you know, about this um, topic as well. This is something that we're dealing with on a regular basis, um, something that your kids are dealing with on a regular basis. So as a band comes up, Father, I want to pray. Father, thank you, God, that you are here with us, God. I thank you that you empower us. I thank you, Father, that you are writing a story, God. 
And I just ask that we become part of the story that you are writing. God, I ask that you begin to show us your story for our lives so we can understand what you want from us, what you want for us, what you want to do through us, Father. And I, and I just pray that you continually soften our hearts, give us wisdom, give us understanding, Father. Speak to us in our context, the things that maybe we're struggling with, maybe the things that we know that people are struggling with, maybe some of our family members are struggling with them, Father. I pray that you continue to just overflood us with compassion for one another, Father, understanding uh, truth and love, Father. So just, I thank you for this. I thank you for your word. I thank you for truth. In Jesus' name, amen.